there and welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is free. It is episode 134 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the, the sort of main show that we have on a Sunday night. I'm your host, I'm Colin Armstrong. As always, guys, as I say every week, it's not just the, the pod we have here at Jersnet. We've got the forums, we've got you know match previews, match reviews, articles, all that kind of thing. Uh, there's a history archive on the website, uh, and Frankie's got his social media as well, obviously. Uh, if, it's, if it's your first time listening to the pod, we would ask you to subscribe, put the word out there on social media, let people know that we're there. We're live tonight, it's a Sunday night, we'll be looking at the Rangers-Hibs game today, Rangers won... Uh, one two one today at Ibrox against Hibs. So we'll have a wee look at that. But the pod will be available to download or stream from a variety of platforms tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual places you get your pods, uh, guys. Uh, and now to bring in my guests uh, to sort of stalwarts. I should point out, actually, I noticed the other day that this is our, it's April is is our birthday. So I think it's our third third birthday uh, this month uh, and these guys have been here for pretty much all of it uh, so it's David Wren and Stuart Weir so how are you David what, what have you been up to we're good thanks not, not a lot really it's just the, the no, that, that's that killed that conversation it's done dead isn't it it's been a strange one though because I felt like uh, the football's been kind of you know for two games and what four weeks three weeks four weeks um, so it's been a wee bit it's a wee bit strange because we're used to having Two or three games, yeah. You know these preview shows and and all sorts. So, uh, but it's good to be back tonight, and I think it'll be a it'll be a good show after another another good result today. Have, have you been at the barbers? You look a bit shorn at the side. There. I have been. I have been. It was my my big return yesterday uh, in Haddington, uh, Hoy Barbers. We shout out for them. All right. But, um, did you, no, did you have to No, I, I booked ahead, but it was. I oh, know it was well overdue. I was a bit kind of embarrassed going in because I knew the amount of hail it was going to get all over the floor. But uh, no, uh, much appreciated from them to get this the barn that sorted out because it was it was getting beyond the joke. Yeah, I'm hopefully going to get that sweet. Not that I've got the same sort of hair issues as yourself. I'm at the other stage of that uh, particular journey. But it's still, especially at the back and at the sides, it's getting a bit horrific. But the, the, the one that I go to, it opened last Monday, six in the morning, it opened it. And it was queued around the street, apparently. It was, it was just ridiculous. So I, I've, I've kind of thought I'll give it a few days and, and let it let it calm down. Uh, and we've also got Stuart Weir. He looks like he's had a trim as well. Have you been at the barbers this week, Stuart? I've had more than a trim. I've had a substantial piece of engineering done <laughs> on the old head here. There were a couple of uh, Turkish barbers rubbing their hands in anticipation. In fact, I two of them on me on at the same time, <laughs> cutting from different ends. Um, obviously, they were in, on piecework or bonus, one of the two. But uh, I, I had gone, it gone a wee bit too long. When people start making reference to me and similarities to Fred West, I think it's time then to get the haircut. <laughs> I, went to, I went to a Turkish barber's uh, in Union Street a couple of times uh, in Glasgow. They're quite, uh, quite aggressive. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there was you're a stage in the process. Of, this isn't a haircut. This is a kicking I'm getting. Here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're never quite. You're never quite sure whether you're actually getting a haircut or whether they're just aiming for your ears. Aye, you, know, aye. You, could, you could lose an ear quite uh, easily. In fact, there was one guy I used to. I used to go to. Uh, I didn't. I, I wouldn't shave for uh, a bit. Maybe uh, a, a, oh, a fortnight. Um, when I, I used to go to um, 
to Turkey on holiday just so I could go for a, a, a haircut and a shave. And then this wee guy, his nickname was Chico Bastard. Oh, which, and that was that that had been given to him by the locals. And as you say, I mean it was you know, it was a kind of short backsides and GBH all thrown yeah, in. His, in his one. And then all of a sudden he likes a couple of flares and starts. I, I don't even want to go down that road. The old nose here thing. No. Well, they asked me about that, and I was like, "No, you're all right. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm coming out with a bus lip for a haircut, then I'll, I'll give the, the the old nasal hair a miss. Thanks very much. Uh, aye. So hopefully, if I'm on next week, I'll, I'll look a bit trimmer. I feel like I've let the side down. Everybody's got a haircut by me. Uh, anyway, right, guys, on on to the, the the sort of job in hand. Obviously, the, the game today. Uh, not an overly convincing performance for Rangers. Uh, you could maybe argue that Hibs uh, maybe deserved a draw out. I, th- I mean, I think we had more of the ball overall, uh, but I could maybe argue that they had maybe the better chances during the game. Uh, David, I'll come to you first. I, I was quite interested in the, in the team selection today. I, I had sort of thought that, based on sort of Stephen Gerrard's previous comments, you know, that he would, he would use the remaining sort of five league games you know, to give some of the fringe players a few minutes. It seemed to me he went with sort of strongest 11 today, or strongest available 11. Uh, it kind of feels that, it felt to me anyway, that it was maybe a wee statement uh, of intent regarding this finish of the season undefeated. Uh, how did you see it? Yeah, I, th- I thought um, when I saw the team, I expected us to go out and dominate the game, and, uh, and it didn't quite work out, as you, as you mentioned, but... Um, I thought for spells in the game we, we were pretty dominant. I thought we did some, you know, played some nice stuff at times, but it was just in sort of short bursts of thirty seconds a minute here and there, rather than you know sustaining that over a, a period of time in the game. So, yeah, and I think you know the team. I wasn't convinced in a couple areas today. I thought I thought Barisic had his worst game in in a long time. I thought positionally, especially, he's getting caught out all the time. I felt like Boyle. Gave him a right tough tough afternoon. That I like Boyle as a player. I think he's you know he offers a lot to Hibs and he's a, a massive player for them. And it just looked like Barisic struggled with that intensity and that's paced in the, down the right hand side. And I think a lot of it was, you know, a lot of it was him falling asleep and maybe being a bit, um, you know, not quite understanding the threat that Boyle posed. I suppose. Um, and I thought up front with, with Ruth and Morellas, I didn't think that particularly worked today. I, I felt like they were both maybe trying to do the same thing too often. Um, so yeah, but I, listen, we got the we got the three points. But no, as you say, I mean, it, I would have liked to have seen Scott Wright get some time in the pitch. You know, I've been banging on about this for for weeks, but I thought, I mean, when I watched the Cove Rangers game last week, what came into my head straight after that was, what if we had. You know, Scott Wright on one side and Ryan Kent the other. What what would that look like? I don't know. I, I don't know if it would if they would sort of cancel each other out in many ways because they're quite similar players. But I would love to see see that. But maybe Gerald just felt today, given he rested some players last week, that today was a day to play all the the best players available, which is is fair enough. Um, but I just thought it, there was be some wee bit missing today. But again, a lot of that could be down to to Hibbs and and how they played because I think. They've got a decent team. They've got a lot of kind of experienced players and a couple of good young players like the boy Doig. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was three points. It was pretty much it probably will be the toughest game we'll face. Um, 
and the the post split fixtures, I think, uh, as well as maybe Celtic, but certainly Hibs have, have, have been a really consistent team this season. So we can be happy with the result and happy getting the three points. But yeah, I think performance wise, it could it could certainly have been better. Uh, can I confirm you're not just talking up Martin Boyle because you share the same coffee shop in Haddington? Well, interestingly enough, I, <laughs> um, I did come to me today and by coffee shop, it's the Costa that's adjoined to Tesco in Haddington, so it's not really that glamorous. I did see I did see him in there before a game uh, around about Christmas time, so, you know, he was quite uh, struck when he saw me. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm the top guy, the top man to you, not just anyone, just yeah, the, the top guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, aye, aye. Anyway, right. <laughs> moving on to you. Uh, <laughs> my, 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 my only story about meeting footballers allegedly um, would be in Hamilton about two Christmases ago when Scott Allen and uh, Johnny Russell were sitting having uh, their mocha chocolate fruit salads and um, they sat there for ages and I'm thinking to myself, you're nothing but a miserable pair of because I think they made the one coffee last about three hours. Meanwhile, I, I'd made up for them. I was only about my sixth or seventh, and be going, oh! <laughs> I hope they say something that I, I, I maybe overhear you. No, but and, uh, <laughs> I, I never realised we were also in the you know amongst the, the, the celebrities of Haddington. Um, you know, that's you put David right up my estimations. Well, there, there only is two. There's, 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 there's him and Martin Boyle. That's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sure. On, on, on to the on to the, yeah, the game today. That, you know, 17 games at home now. 17-1. Uh, scored 49. Conceded three. I, I mean, I know we didn't didn't play particularly well today. I, I wouldn't want to say we played badly as such. I, I don't think that's the case. I wouldn't want to overstate the mark. I just think we looked, especially towards the ends of both halves, you know, we, we looked a bit slack uh, and things, as David said, they didn't quite go the way we maybe wanted them to go. But, I mean, that record, played 17-1-17, scored 49, conceded 3. I mean, the, the only downside about that form is none, none of his have been in the ground to see it, but it's remarkable consistency. I mean, it really is. I do wonder if Nobody being in there who actually watched these performances have made it easier for Rangers at home this season. Um, you know, nobody's on their back. Uh, various guys can actually get to play the game or play their game rather than um, bow to the demands of the, the, the fans. It's going to be interesting to see what happens as soon as any kind of fans come back in any numbers, just how the performances go. But um, today, I thought it was I thought it was a workmanlike performance from Rangers. You also have to take into account Hibs, Hibs are, on, on league forum are the third best team in Scotland. There is an absolute Irish smell between Rangers and their points tally and where Hibs are, and and I think it's easy to forget that Hibs have actually had been quite consistent and played quite well this season. Um, don't, you know, don't get me wrong; they've become some complete aberrations um, that have lasted more than a week or a fortnight but I think you know Hibs are a, a, a useful team they do have some some good players some decent players I think the problem with Hibs is quite often these decent players play almost on their own they don't play as a collective I think if you walk you come away from a Hibs game sometimes you actually pick on the highlights of individual performances rather than as a team effort. And I think that's where they're maybe let down this season. But, you know, Rangers uh, Rangers have been relentless. 
Um, I think it may, they, I think in some ways today went to plan, and as much as they got a goal, which meant that they weren't panicking, they, they got a goal early enough that meant that they were in control. It also meant that they weren't having to chase a game at any point in time and could basically get back into their own routine. And when they went 2 nothing up, um, you know, Hibs had a bit of a spell at the end of the first half and, and a bit at the end of the game. But in between times, I thought, that, you know, you know, if you look at the, the overall game, I thought Rangers were pretty much in control for the whole of the game. One or, one or two performances, maybe not up to par, but you have to remember where we're at in the season. And I think that's only natural, either through fatigue or wear and tear or the familiarity sometimes um, that you think you just need to turn up and get the job done. And I, and I think David's right, um, you know, in terms of the the team that was put out there, I think that was that was making a statement. But in as much as if you guys think that I'm getting a rest, you're wrong. I want you playing the way you've played all season and you're playing for the season. Um, you're playing for a record and you're also playing for, you know, whatever you do um, cup-wise as well. So all in all, I, I, think it's, I think it's too easy this season to be critical of Rangers' performances because they, they just have been so consistent. David, you know, we, we started well today. I thought, and moved the ball about quite well. You know, Roof had a, a sort of goal chopped off fairly early on, and I don't think there was any sort of debate about that. You know, he looked well offside. And then, then the goal came, a really good finish from Aribo. But I, I, it's the sort of build-up play I would, I would like to talk about. I thought Nathan Patterson's involvement in it, you know, he could have whipped the ball in, but, you know, showed a wee bit of maturity, actually, just to, to find Morelos, who the, he then cut it in and, and it, and, it, and it's felt to Aribo, and he, t- he took it well, so well worked and, and a good finish. Yeah, I mean, I think it was sort of coming in that period, as you say. I think we were we were doing well, sort of playing well, and then the, the goal was the sort of just rewards for that. Good play again by um, by by Patterson, who you know has been a revelation, um, and it was good play by Morelos actually as well, because how many times in the past has he taken an extra touch or tried to shoot in a position like that, whereas. You know, he, he was trying to smash it across the face for for someone else to pick up today, which was clever play. And you know, you end up getting getting something out of it. And Aribo for me has been been fantastic since turn of the year. Um, and it was a, it was a great volley. The, the thing, I mean, I, I thought Patterson again today was was excellent, really really good. Um, the only big question mark for me over his development is, and I, I don't know, maybe it's a, a point of discussion, but. Um, what happens next season? You know, Tavernier's now signed a, a new deal. Tavernier's, I mean, going to start every week, rightly. So, with Patterson playing, and uh, Kevin Thompson said something on commentary today about him being like Alan Hutton, and I think I think that would be be accurate. I think his his, his power and pace and um, eye for getting forward is is really good. And I thought actually in defensive situations today was excellent as well. Um, what happens with his development moving forward is the only thing that's maybe a question mark. How much game time does he get when, when Tavernier's fully fit? Because we all know when Tavernier's fully fit, he doesn't miss many games. So that'll be interesting. Um, and we'll maybe come back onto that point. But again, today I thought he was I thought he was fantastic. And it's going to be really interesting to see if you know he sneaks into the Scotland squad for the Euros. Maybe he comes just a wee bit too soon for him. 
But I think when you look at the the options we've got in that position, none. There's every <laughs> well, exactly. There's every chance that that he could he could stake a claim. But maybe this year was a couple bit too quickly. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, after that if if he becomes a, an option for Steve Clark. But yeah, I mean, first goal was a lot to do with him, um, a lot to do with Morales, and then Maribo finishes it off excellently. Yeah, I mean, if, if he wants to play in a major tournament, he'd, he'll want to be selected for this one because it'll be like 28 years before the next one, you know what I mean? Patterson will be the same age as me by the time Scotland next qualify for a major tournament. Uh, sure, coming back to yourself, uh, towards the end of the first half, as we sort of mentioned earlier on there, came a bit ragged, became came a bit slack, especially down that sort of our left-hand side, as, as David uh, highlighted earlier on, you know, Barisic. It, it, it just seemed to be a wee bit all over the shop today. And, you know, the boy Nisbet had a, had a shot, Boyle, I, I, I'll have to say, I think McGregor had both of them. But, you know, they were both sort of warning shots sort of across the bow. Hanlon maybe could have done better. He had, he had a sort of header for the, for the corner kick. So towards the end, of it, it actually felt that Hibbs could, could, could maybe snatch an equaliser. And it was a wee bit of a worrying time. It, it was. But then again, I, I think, you know, you are looking for teams, it doesn't matter what team it is against what opposition, you're looking for a team to at least have their, their, their five minutes or ten minutes of, of glory when they actually get on their game plan and take it to the opposition. And I thought that was Hibbs' chance. And in terms of Barisic, I, I, I wondered, you know, when he was going forward, there was a couple of times when he went forward. One, I thought he toiled to come back the way I, I I I thought he was okay going forward, but he, he seemed to take a hell of a long time to get back into his normal position. And I also thought that Kamara at times didn't maybe track into that corner area to cover his um the full back who was going forward. Uh, you know, I, I think we've noted it different times this season. When Tavernier has been going forward, the, the, the Rangers back line has aligned itself differently and you've had maybe, you know, Maybe Davis, if he's played playing between the two centre backs, or drifting out to the right to cover that. And I don't think, I don't think Rangers have the same coverage in that area today. Um, and, and, I, and just going back to the the whole debate about you know right backs and all the rest of it, uh, I, I I do think that in terms of uh, in terms of Patterson, he's a kind of guy who gives he doesn't go or press as far forward sometimes as Tavernier. Therefore, defensively, you don't need the same, how can I put it, panics, you know, button to be hit if anything untoward happens. He seems to get back into that position as well. So there's a bit of an imbalance there because of the personnel changes that, um, that, that Rangers have had to uh, you know, cope with. But, you know, all in all, I still think the shots that they had, they weren't on target. They never, you know, other than the, the, the free kick, I don't think that, um, McGregor really had a, a big save to make and that came you know in the second half as well so I, I, I thought Rangers were comfortable without being outstanding and and again you, you part this one away you take the three points and look forward to the next game and the next game in terms of Rangers and the season is a big big one See, see in terms of that that issue with Barisic Stuart is that you know it's, it's happened a, a couple of times this season? So obviously Rangers look, are looking for the, the, the fullbacks to push forward. You know there, there, there is there is much 
to do with how we attack as to how we defend. And, you know, and those teams have targeted that at various points. Is this the kind of time when Ryan Jack would maybe make a wee bit difference? You know, someone who'd sit there and identifies that maybe someone's been, you know, isolated a wee bit, there's, there's space in behind, mm. and, and just covering that a wee bit better than, than maybe Kamara's capable of doing. Yeah, I, I think that's down to reading the game, and I think it's also down to the awareness of where players are on the pitch at any given point in time. That if somebody if somebody's filling a role, the thing with Rangers is because they play, they play with the two the two widest men are the fullbacks. The wingers, if there's anybody playing out wide, tuck in. So Rangers Rangers are are are, are a very wide team, which means they don't have don't have much depth behind that. If you get through that, sort of, I would call it a big wing sort of scenario. It's almost like watching, it's almost like watching the USA. Go back to the the nineties when they played a three six one formation. That's how wide they play. So you don't these six guys in the midfield all doing different things at different times, but because it, they're, they're they're so well organised, it works until such times as you expose it by putting two two on three or three on three, and then it looks a bit ragged. So uh, you know everything everything in football is a compromise. I think Rangers the way they play pushing the full backs forward, you're always going to have moments. It's just about other people switching on and being aware of where the possible threat's going to come from. David, uh, I mean, the, the game, it was, it was almost like, you know, a game of two halves within the two halves. You know, Rangers uh, started well in the first half and sort of faded towards the end of it. And it was kind of the same in the second half. You know, we, we started really well. And the, and, and the moment of the match probably came in that period with, with that goal for, for Ryan Kent, you know, on his right foot, works it on his left, beats a couple of guys, cracks it into the, the bottom corner. And it, it can be quite a frustrating player, Ryan Kent. You know, I, I think he, he's, he's capable of being a wee bit reckless with possession and, you know, a bit wild wee shooting and all the rest of it. And, and there are times you, you, you kind of tear your hair out with him, but he's capable in moments like that. You know what I mean? And that's why I think in every game, even when he's not playing well, you know, he's occupying defenders. They are worried about what he's capable of, especially him being two-footed. You know what I mean? It's the, the way that, that was a goal to me that sums up what he's capable of. You know what I mean? He, he switches from side to side. He gets the ball on his right, shapes as if he's going down the right, switches on his left, cuts across one defender, cuts across another, and, and the shot's to die for, really. It's an absolute peachy finish. I, um, <clears throat> I quite like... Uh... I just love everything about Ryan Kent. I think, you know, I, I say this all the time on, on here um, about him and Tavernier, but you'll never see him hiding in the game. You'll never see him not coming to demand the ball. And that's, I think that's what makes a great player. I think, you know, it, it's easy, especially at Ibrox. Maybe not so much at the moment because there's no fans, but even before then, Kent was never one that would, would shy away. Even when he first came and he, he sort, of, sort of looked like a little scrawny teenager because he's his shirt too big for him and all that. But he was still doing it then. You know, he was, Looked like a bit of an Ed. <laughs> aye. And he, but I don't know what happened between like him arriving and then him playing against Celtic in December the 29th that first season. Because he seemed to just get a shirt that fitted him between that period, <laughs> the first European games and that game. I think he done uh, a, I think he done what Scott Wright done. I think he bulked out a wee bit. I think aye, that's what it is. Aye, but um, no, it was a really fantastic goal. And I think it was very similar, actually, to the one he scored against uh, St Mirren in terms of the strike and, and the way it went in the goal. Um, but no, good stuff. And I thought I thought in the game he was good. I thought he, again, demanded possession. He 
you know, up to the very last minute, he was the one that was pressing the, the Hib, Hibs uh, defence, you know. Um, he always puts the yards in. I think he's been fantastic this season. Uh, and yeah, another good goal. And it's good to see him actually getting on the score sheet a bit more because he had a couple of months there where he was uh, he was quiet, wasn't he quite scoring as many as he had been at the start of the season. But yeah, starting to come back on the score sheet a bit more. And I think he's, he's absolutely crucial to us and crucial to the way we play. Stuart, the, I mean, again, as I said earlier on, first half started well, a bit slack towards the end of it. Same thing happened in the second half. You know, and it, it kind of felt the Hibs goal had been coming, you know, and it, and it came down sort of Barisic's side again, you know, even slack defensively, cross came in. Uh, good header, Benisbet, to be fair, you know, I mean, he, he took it well. I don't think there's much you could say about McGregor in terms of, you know, I don't think there's anything he could have done about it. But it made the, the, the last few minutes nervous, I must admit, at that point. You know, since we've won it five weeks ago, and you know, it's five weeks and eight since Rangers uh, won the title, and it was snowing the day for Christ's sake. You know, I mean, that's how early we've won it. Uh, but there has, and, and I think since the, the the exit from from Europe, you know, that there, there has been a sort of the the the, the pressure's not there anymore. So, you know, coming into the game, you're quite relaxed, right? And see when when it went two one. I actually said to myself, because I was I started to get a bit, oh my God, this is, this is getting a bit twitchy. I was like, it would have been absolutely horrific if we were still going for the title, you know what I mean? <laughs> Ten minutes to go, Hibs get a goal, and you're like, oh my God, the, the nerves would have been unbearable because I found it quite nerve-wracking the day and the title's wrapped up. I think I think what David, had, the point that David made very early on um, this evening, that how little football Rangers have actually played in the last umpteen weeks, it seems to have been, you know, been quite staccato and you've got a game, then you you're off for like two weeks, then you've got another game, then you're off for about another two weeks, and maybe a European game in between. Um I, I, I think it was maybe the fact to get this game under our belt against admittedly a more difficult uh, you know opponent will be a good thing. Um in terms of the nervousness, yeah I I can you know, I hear and see what you're saying, but it was all in all. Again, it was a performance that you're looking at. If the opposition score that late on in a game, you've pretty much done ninety percent of the job properly. And I, I think it's too easy to start. You know, maybe picking up one or two small faults. Don't get me wrong. On another day, had any of the Hibs efforts gone in then it may have been a bit more of a scramble. But I do think, all in all, it's about keeping players ticking over, keeping them fit, make sure there's no unnecessary bookings, red cards or injuries and take on to the next game. Because ultimately, there are four league matches still to be played this season. And, you know, if, if they all finish nil-nil, I don't think anybody would be sitting here on a Sunday evening saying, well, if Rangers had pushed a bit more, they might have won one nothing." You would take four nil-nil draws right now to see it this season. And and I think that's where Rangers are at. David, <clears throat> a real controversial moment at the end there uh, with, with Ryan Portis school getting, getting disallowed. And one thing I will say that the, the the whistle went fairly early on in proceedings. You know, it wasn't like the ball went in the net and the ref blew. Uh, it was it was after sort of McGregor had saved it and and then he blew. But I've watched it a couple of times and it kind of feels to me that we might have got away with one there. 
Yeah, I, I, I struggle with these these sorts of decisions, especially corner type decisions, because it feels like I feel like every time, and this is a classic old football thing, but every time a, a corner's given that's a wee bit dodgy, and I can't remember actually if today's was dodgy, if it or if it was a definite corner. But you know what it's like every time the ref gives a corner and it's maybe a, a dodgy one. It he gives a free kick. Gives a free kick. Yeah. So I, I don't ever like to get involved because I think there's like shirt pulling and all sorts goes on every corner. Um, so it's quite difficult to, to say. But yeah, I mean, maybe we did. But I think I think these things even themselves out, even over the 90 minutes, there's probably been a couple there that, that we didn't get. Um, maybe not that led to goals, but... Yeah, I mean, Jack Ross will maybe feel a bit hard done by, but that's just the nature of it, really, isn't it? If it had gone mm. against us, we'd have been the same. So these sorts of situations, I feel like there's always a bit of argy-bargy. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I think defenders are, are sort of tuned in to, if they're, if, if they're maybe losing the flight of the ball, just go down. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I mean, if there's if there's enough bodies in there, if you go down, the referee will maybe think, oh, something's right. happened. It's, it's, a bit like, it's a bit like the goalies as well. You know, if a goalie gets the ball... And then drops it, but someone challenges him. It's always a fool. And yeah. I think actually, when you if you watch any game of football <clears throat> at any level, really, um, there's always like weird things that you see that that maybe. So like if Goldson's going up for a header, and he misses the the shot or the, or the header towards goal, there's always a bunch of shot pulling, players getting dragged down, yeah, players no. jumping on other one's shoulders, and nothing gets given. So, you know, that is what it is. Most of those decisions go on the benefit of the defenders. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, Derek Johnson, speaking to Derek Johnson, and, and Derek, because of who he had in terms of the supply that was coming in, mostly, say, from Tommy McLean, who could quite literally drop the ball in a, in a, a one-yard circle, wherever you wanted to be, Derek Johnson knew that if he arrived at that point in time, as Tommy McLean was striking the ball, he was going to get to it and he would just run for that spot. If defenders blocked him off or defenders got in the way, he played the game at a time where he could actually just run through them. Whereas today, guys block off strikers and it's a foul immediately if a striker yeah. so much as grazes yeah. into, a, into, a, into a defender. And I, and I also have to say today that... You know, I, I'm not sure what the, the 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 Swedish equivalent of of BAFTA is or a, a RADA, perhaps. But the the if if best man falls ever becomes an Olympic sport, I think that, that Rangers have got a guy there who would be a gold medal winner because it was barely touched. And as David said, he knew exactly what the what the play was. If I get touched, I'm going down. Yeah. And and the referee, the referee was calling for. I think he was calling for two fouls. He was calling for that one and then another one. And I have to say, neither, as far as you know, to my to my mind, neither was actually a foul. Let's say. I mean, uh, that, that point that David mentioned earlier on. I've I've seen it a few times, and there's been a couple of times I've been at the game, um, my boy. And you know, and if there's a contentious free kick outside the box or a corner kick, and the defending team are really protesting it. I've said to my boy, the minute the ball's in the air, the referee's going to blow for a free kick the other way. And on more than one occasion, that happens. You know what I mean? I think the referee, if, if he thinks, oh, I might have got this wrong, he'll blow and give it the other way. I'm not saying that's what happened today, but I, I think that does happen. 
in terms of the goal, I, I don't really care because it was Ryan Portis, so get it right on him because I, I can't <laughs> suffer him anyway. You know what I mean? So and uh, you know, Hibs get it up them. Uh, but I did having watched that a couple of times. I'm 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 not convinced there was there was much in it. But hey, we'll take it. Uh, sure, who who am I? I David answered that one. Sure. The uh, before the game today, uh, I mean, obviously on, on Friday it was announced that Balogun had, had signed an extension, but Stephen Gerrard announced today that he, he wasn't in the squad, uh, picked up, I think it's a calf injury, and he sort of uh, hinted that he could be out for a, for, a, for a few weeks. So, I mean, obviously with the game coming up on uh, well, what's like it'll be Sunday now against Celtic, and then the following week we've, we've got Celtic again, that's sort of a bad time to get that kind of a news. It is, um, but again, I think there's been a, a you know different different times this season. Goldson's been your kind of cornerstone defensively, hasn't he? And he's played through the season. He's played with you know three, maybe off the top of my head, maybe has been four different sort of partnerships in central defence. I think Goldson's obviously and you know evidently the main man. I I still think that regardless of who Rangers put in there, they're still going to be a pretty solid um, solid unit. If anything, it would concern me more if um, somebody like Barisic wasn't able to play. I think that would be more of a concern than who else was playing it at centre-back. But the, 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 way, the way Rangers have formed defensively this season, they've always managed to to do the job. The other big thing is who they've got behind them. It's almost like, well, if you do get through as we've got McGregor behind us and you've still got to beat him, it's almost like, you know, I, I suppose he is the last line, but what a last line to have. And ultimately, I don't think it concerns Rangers too much who they put in as that, uh, that back four. I think, I think we're well, we've steered well clear now of any experimentation in terms of what if they play with a three or if, if Rangers play with a three, it's usually during a game because they're pressing so far forward um, rather than lining up with a three. But as a four, I think they've been pretty solid this season. Hey, right, guys, before we move on to the next thing, I, I, I need to highlight uh, our partnership with Football Prizes. So if you fancy winning a signed shirt from Joe Aribo, it's all custom framed, uh, the current Castor kit. Uh, very nice actually I'm looking at it here just now uh, there's 99 tickets available uh, for £5.95 so if you fancy an opportunity of winning that uh, signed by Joe Rebo, custom framed uh, log on to www.footballprizes.co.uk and I'm sure Frankie will, will put the word out there on his, on his Twitter feed as well so if you fancy that get on that uh, guys moving on uh, I, th- I thought we would have a wee discussion about uh, John Kennedy and some of the stuff that he's been coming out with this week. Uh, now, the, the first thing he said, he, he's kind of got involved with the, the the sort of the ongoing issue with you know Nathan Patterson, Bassey, Zungu, uh, and, and the two sort of academy boys with the COVID stuff. And he sort of kicked off through the week. David saying he, he didn't really understand, you know, why it was taking so long. Ali McCoy has been quite vocal. He sort of sniped back at him in the media saying. You know, it's, it's none of his business. He needs to keep his nose out. Uh, strange comments to make. And uh, again, it seems like, I mean, I think, I think Celtic are quite bad at this. 
uh, are quite good, depending on where you want to look at it. But it seems to me like they're, they're, they're sort of playing to the lowest common denominator in their support. The type that turns up at a football match, uh, they've got no chance of gaining access to to interrupt a minute silence. That kind of supporter. Yeah, I thought the, the couple of things. I mean, yeah, I was going to say felt like he was pandering a wee bit. Um, I don't know if they're his words or if they're words he's been fed uh, by you know. PR team or whatever, I don't know I genuinely don't, maybe it is his opinion um, but I, I found it quite interesting because they, they obviously asked him about it yesterday because Gerald had, had had his rate of reply um, and he said, uh, you know, they asked me for my opinion, you know, as, as in the journalist, so I gave it to them, which is quite interesting because how many times do we hear, you know, it's not my place to get involved in our team's business. It's not my yeah. place. You know, I'm not going to comment. That seemed like an interesting tactic to to comment and comment so openly about another club's business and, and what, what you know, the, the processes that, that the SFA are going through with, with Rangers because really it means nothing. Well, it should mean nothing to them. And it, it, that's always been the message, you know, from Celtic and their PR over the past four or five years has been we're not interested in Rangers, you know, there's they mean nothing to us, you know, we're we're only interested in ourselves. So for him to to be so vocal through the week it was quite interesting. It was an interesting change of tact, I think. Um and I think his point was a bit pointless, shall we say. I think uh I don't know, I just seemed a bit I did watch it, I watched what he said or I read what he said, I can't remember. Um and I, I don't know, it's, he's made a few comments like that though, and I mean we'll probably come on to it, but the comments yesterday I mean, that really is pandering to, to the support and giving them just no end of you know, pish to spout so um, <laughs> in, terms, in terms of Gerard David, has, I thought he was quite cute on Friday and how he handled it I thought he handled it quite well, what did you think? Yeah, no, I loved that, I thought it was good Um and yeah, we're in a position of power now, which is the first time in how many years. You know, we've been used to being the punch bags for for so much, you know, and just making a, the club just being made out to be the fools because let's face it, we've, in many occasions we have been with some of the some of the stuff that's happened uh, and been said. So it's quite interesting now the sort of power shift in terms of the ones that are making headlines, you know, that just make you cringe and the ones that are being quite tactful in what they're saying. Um, I thought Gerald's stuff was good. I thought he, he handled it well. I think it was all fact. It was all, you know, um, straight down the line. And everything he said wasn't trying to pander to us, I don't think. I think it was just reacting to, let's face it, you know, a, a kind of needless jibes from the other side. So, no, it was good. And I did notice the wry smile on his face at the end because uh, he knew what he was doing. And actually, actually another thing I enjoyed because I was having a look through, normally how I keep up, up to date with the press conferences is I kind of go through Twitter and read the the tweets. And I'd heard that he'd said something, I went through the tweets and I couldn't see it, but then the, the media team put out the full clip. Clap, uh, yeah. And it was all they did on Twitter, um, the full clip of him discussing that. So that was quite good. Um, but he's right. I mean, this is this is un, unprecedented times. And I think the players were dealt with by the club. The thing is, there's there's obviously a bit of tactical appealing here. There's no, I mean, there's no doubt about that. 
Um, what was it? Was it five games straight? A straight five games for the players as well. So so no suspended or yeah. But that's what I liked about Gerard's sort of retort. He he he, he kind of put his point across by agreeing with with John Kennedy. You know, given I feel yeah. his pain. You know, by highlighting that. You know, some of the, some of the, the the punishments that have been handed out. Uh, you know, with ball and goalie, and the whole Dubai thing just seems to have been swept under the carpet. You know what I mean? I think uh, the th- the thing is, I mean, I, I can't remember who it was I was listening to um, through the week, but it was a it was a player in Scotland, and they were talking about celebrating a, a big win. I can't remember who it was, but it, it was it was a player, um, and they were saying, you know, we didn't really get a chance to do any of that because we were just straight back to the house because we're basically under house arrest. Yeah. So I think we've got to be because I was actually thinking about it today, and I was thinking about the fact the barbells had reopened, and I don't even know if the players can go to the barbells if if they've not like get the resource of Angels and Celtic and can get barbells in their in their uh, clubs. I'm I'm not sure what the guidelines are there. So you're kind of thinking about Jesus, they can't even do that. Don't know if they can go to the supermarket or anything, you know. So it's there's a lot of you know I can understand the frustration of players, and I think. Yeah. When, at the time we were like, oh, how stupid are these boys? And it was stupid, but I think you can, you know, consider how many um, players that are in Scotland at the moment, for it only to be a handful, you know, across the, the top flight that have that have been caught, certainly caught doing anything stupid, I think you've got to commend the guys that, that have stuck to the rules. Um, so it's, uh, it's a difficult one for the SFA, and I think they're sort of trying to be... I don't know what what they're trying to do with some of these decisions, but I think they're trying to be relatively consistent. But they're failing miserably, and that's when that's when the problems occur because people can say, right, like John Kennedy or or even Stephen Gerrard, you know, after after that, and you can look at it and say, well, why did he get that and they get this? I think the biggest sticking point for me and something we've probably discussed off air a few times is the the Celtic going to Dubai thing and the fact that nothing came of that. I think that sort of Rangers. Joker card in this full thing. Um, so we're interested to see how that plays out. Sure. I mean, as, as David sort of pointed out there, that, you know, Stephen Gerrard, he, he did sort of straight straight bat it back at the press conference and I, I thought he handled it very well. And uh, as I said, you know, he, he kind of, he pointed out that it wasn't quite the way that John Kennedy was, was, was saying it was by agreeing with him, you know, I feel he's paying all that kind of thing. And, and that seemed to sort of, you know, upset a few people over over in East End of Glasgow because not long after, later on in the afternoon, uh, they released a statement saying, uh, you know, asking for more action, saying there have been a number of calls for consistency this season. Uh, consistency is, you know, quoted. Uh, we couldn't agree more. We have therefore sought clarification from the Scottish FA so that Scottish football can understand the approach in disciplinary cases in the interests of transparency and consistency. Uh, now, given... The, the the COVID situation and uh, uh, sorry the, the the Dubai situation and all this it, it does feel like the, the Celtic are standing there with a big brick and a very big glass house if you know what I mean yeah I I, I think I think if there was a, a time where trying to set an agenda or set a narrative on something has maybe backfired it, it's probably on on this matter that you can say what you like, but equally there are, you know, we can point the finger at you and come back at you for certain things. Regardless of what was said and who said what, 
the one thing that I think Rangers fans are are pretty happy with um, is the fact that unlike previous incumbents, you know, unlike the the likes of uh, Kaishina and Warburton, who would say, well, that's for another club and I don't really have anything to say on it. Um, Steven Gerrard's quite quite happy to, to give you a square go in what you say, especially if you say anything about his players, his club, or infer anything to do with him. I think I think he's quite happy to have, you know, a firefight of SAS proportions with you and, and continue it because he's he's obviously a pretty switched on guy and a pretty clever guy as to what he actually says. He might not sometimes say a great deal, but then again, he doesn't have to because he only needs to drop one sentence into a conversation and all of a sudden everybody's asking, oh, what did he mean by that? A lot of the time, you don't need to ask that because he's actually hit the nail on the head and therefore he doesn't need to be long-winded and give the media or newspapers or whoever it is you know, screeds and screeds of quotes and comment. He'll say what he has to say and let it be done. And and I do, I do like that style about him. It's he's, he's, he. He reminds me a lot of Walter Smith when Walter Walter used to be asked questions and just used to look at you and wait for somebody else to ask another question. <laughs> it was it was it was. It was um, you know, you, you didn't have to wonder if, uh, or sit there thinking, I, I wonder what he's thinking, I wonder if that went down well. You pretty much knew me, just blanked you. And I, I, I listen, Stephen Gerrard's nobody's fool. He's a, a big grown-up boy. And I think, given what he inherited at Rangers and given what he's achieved, I think it's probably naive of John Kennedy to think that he can suddenly sit in the big chair for like five weeks and be as good as a guy across the city when it comes to handling media or certain agendas. I, I think he's underrated in how he handles the media. I must admit, I think he does it very, very well. Uh, and I, he's he, he's got the, the ability to just get under people's under people's skin. David, the, 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 I'll, I'll I'll get both your views on this one uh, to to sort of compound Kennedy's week of talking absolute nonsense. He's, he's come out yesterday and claimed uh, that Celtic are still the best side in the country. Now, when you look, <laughs> when you look at the league table, you know, when you look at where we are in the calendar the calendar year, you know, it's April, and as I said earlier on, we've been champions for five weeks. You know, we've wrapped up the title quicker than, than Celtic were awarded it in a, in a shortened campaign last year. It seems a... a Bizarre comment. Twenty points behind, you know, a, a horrific European campaign, uh, toughed out the the, the Betfred Cup by Ross County. On the on the on the counter of that, you know, Rangers are currently unbeaten in the league, thirty three games in. You know, we, we got to the the last sixteen in the Europa League, only one defeat in the entire campaign. To come away with a comment like that seems uh, fanciful at best, I think. Yeah, I think he's tried to be like cute and it's just came across just so poorly. What I will say, now this will be my only positive comment, um, they have a couple of decent players, a couple of good players who will probably sell for a few quid in, in the summer. Um, but other than that, I mean... It just seems like they're clutching at straws massively here, and it's like, you know, we've won the league. You've beat Livingston six now. Well done. You know, 
it's that and that seems to be I remember when um when when we went one 0 behind against uh, Motherwell in December, I was kind of rushing about because it was in the lead up to Christmas, so I was keeping on top of the game, but I wasn't sitting watching it. And I, I saw the tweet before I saw the goal, um, saying Motherwell scored, and a couple of Celtic fans had commented underneath saying, "Oh, the the meltdown or the crumbling's happening now. See you in January, lads." And I thought, my first thought was, "Ah, oh, Jesus." But then when we won the game, it was like they were getting absolutely slaughtered uh, after that uh, in the comments. And, and I think that's been a, a constant of the season. I think there's still this feeling that as soon as they win a game, all of a sudden they're, they're the best team in the world. You know, and, and I feel like that, again, is roles reversed from where we were maybe three or four years ago. Maybe before Gerald, but, you know, certainly even even within that time frame, you know, you look at you look at when we beat Hearts at Tynecastle with Gerard's first season, went top of the league for the first time in however many years, and we over-celebrated, and then we get punished for that. Last season at Parkhead, get punished for that as well. But now it seems to be any any time they get a result, never mind against us or going top of the league, it's like this hysteria about how fantastic they are. I was listening, I'd open all mics on yesterday when I was out on a walk, and Michael Short's talking about how... Um, how James Forrest, he should be straight in the Euro squad because he scored against Falkirk and Livingston. David Turnbull, his words were another one who should be straight in the Scotland squad. I found it incredible. And it was, you know, he kept coming on, oh, it's another goal for Celtic. You're like, they're playing Livingston. You know, no harm to David Martindale, who I think seems like a great guy, good coach. But Livingston are not in their best form. They're not in their best sort of frame of mind, I don't think, at the moment. Um, so Celtic, you know, beating beating Livingston isn't it shouldn't be a, a cause to be to be declaring yourself the best team in the country. Especially when we you know, we won the on our on our game today and we still beat the third best team in the country. Yeah. So I I mean again pandering to as you said, you know, the lowest common denominator and this sort of try to rally the troops. Mm-hmm. John Kennedy to me is just a yes man who is saying anything and everything that that the fans want to hear at the moment, and probably saying things that Lennon wouldn't have said. Which, you know, I don't know how that works for for the for the fans of their club or other directors. But to me, it just seems a bit silly. And I think in the cold light of day, when 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 the coaching staff look back in those comments, they maybe think, "Jesus, was that really was that worth it, or does that just look stupid?" And I think <laughs> I think unfortunately they'll come to the conclusion it was probably worth it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I saw someone on Twitter the day suggesting that if the Hibs goal had stood, the 10 was back on. That's the sort of yeah. level of delusion that some of them are living in, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 Stuart, what about yourself in, in terms of uh, Kennedy saying that, you know, they're, they're still the best team? It, it seems a bit ludicrous. I think I think um, he's possibly saying this because he realises that he has to try and engender some kind of urgency from the players he's actually looking at who have got absolutely sod all left in the tank and he's got two games if he's got any ambition whatsoever of staying at Celtic or being the next Celtic manager he needs two performances and you know as I said all the way through uh, you know what David was saying there when I was on Talk Sport and the lights and people were saying, you know, Celtic have got two games in hand, three games in hand, four games in hand. There was nothing this season that was ever have suggested that Celtic could win 
two matches in the spin, let alone three or four. And and I think John Kennedy has come out with this kind of narrative that that you know trying to trying to g up his own players. Now, if you look at that Celtic team, you have guys in there who, for want of a better description, are demob happy. There are guys who don't want to be there, guys who know they are not going to be there, and guys who have chosen to leave being there in that team already. He's got to come up with something over the next 90 minutes, uh, or the next 180 minutes, to, to, to put himself in a position where he's of you know he looks as if he's got some authority, and he's also a guy who can come out and and basically you know take a a, a pot shot at just about anybody because he doesn't know whether he's going to get kept on or whether there's another manager coming in. The fact that you've got a, the the actual club manager coming out or acting club manager coming out and saying to Celtic fans, um, I think you should be patient, only goes to show what is coming out from upstairs just now, which is nothing. There is nobody coming out and saying with any kind of clarity that this is where we're going, this is the direction we're headed in, and this is who you might be getting. So he might be, he's actually, I mean, and there's an element of me that feels kind of sorry for him, that he's actually coming out and doing the job of uh, chief executives and directors just now, because that's what he's having to do. And, you know, he can say these things, but ultimately, if you're coming out and saying that we are still the best team in the country, okay then, you've got two games coming up, go prove it, because you've had a whole season to do it and you've not managed it. And I think that's, I think he's painted himself into a bit of a corner here. Yeah, and I think he's also provided Stephen Gerrard with, you know, something for his team talk, you know what I mean? Uh, aye, strange comments, as you say, it's maybe it's maybe all about pandering and, and you know, season ticket renewals are due and all that kind of thing. I don't know, but it, I just think when you're 20 points behind and you've you've you've, you've had a disastrous season, it's, it was a strange comment to come out with. Uh, guys, uh, looking at the time, we're, we're sort of approaching the end here. So uh, before I finish up, I, would, I was going to try and, and, and get your top three. I was going to have a wee discussion about sort of player of the year. Uh, and I was going to ask you for your top three, but I think we're a bit tight time-wise. So, uh, if you can just give me who you think your player of the year is for this year and why, uh, and we'll see if we've got any sort of consensus on this year. So, David, over to you first. Well, Connor Goldson, for me, most consistent player, played every game, has uh, been a rock at the centre of defence and uh, shown incredible leadership in the past few weeks especially. So, easy one for me, Connor Goldson. Who just quickly? Who was two and three? Uh, Tavernier number two, and uh, I'm I, I sort of weighing up the number three. And I was thinking about to just go for who people, who the consensus would be. But I think if I was going for someone who I've enjoyed watching all season, who's you know got me in the edge of my seat, who you know is constantly putting performance performances that have, that have helped the team, then I would probably I'd probably go for Ryan Kent. Because um, I think he started the season really well, and I think he's finishing the season really well, and he's one that I just love watching. So if I'm going for two sensible one and two, my third sort of wild card would be Ryan Kent. Okay, uh, Stuart, who are you going for for Player of the Year at Rangers this year? Uh, in reverse order, uh, number three would be Goldson. Uh, I think he's been an absolute rock um, defensively. Uh, to use the, the the Craig Brown uh, line. 
he's got a heat like a magnet when it comes to the, the you know the ball and that's in both penalty boxes um really and a real a real winner um second would be tavernier i think what it's amazing you know it doesn't take very long for you to be forgotten about in football and I think already because of the performances of others, Tavernier and what he did at the start of the season is almost like a distant memory because he hasn't been he hasn't been there for so many weeks, um, which is a shame um, because I think he was you know he was an a one for the the, the the player of the year, um, but number one for me would be my player of the year, and I've I've said it I ain't going to change simply because I know the effort that goes in to making yourself as good as he is, and that's Alan McGregor. Interesting. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my three. My, uh, number three for me would be Tavernier. Uh, I think he's been outstanding, and the reason he only comes in at, at number three is, is the issue that you've raised, Stuart. You know, he's, 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 he's missed a, a good chunk towards the end of the season, so in terms of appearances, I, I, I think that just goes against him. Number two, I would go with Connor Goldson. I just think he's been outstanding. Played every minute of of of, of, of the whole season, of every game. Uh, he's he's the sort of rock, as 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 David said there, the linchpin in that defence. But for me, the, the he's not been mentioned yet. For me, the player of the year for Rangers this season, without any shadow of doubt, has been Stephen Davis. I just think he's been outstanding. I think he's the guy that just keeps us ticking along. And and I think the fact that he's played so much football. I think he's played more football than it than was planned, you know, because of the injury to Ryan Jack and all the rest of it. And I think there would have maybe been, I think at the start of the season, if, if someone came back and said to Stephen Gerrard, by the way, I've went to May and this is how many games Stephen Davis plays. I think Stephen Gerrard would have been quite concerned at that. I don't think they would have planned to have given him that amount of game time, but he's handled it well. And it's not just mm-hmm. that, he's been playing with his country as well. Uh, so yeah, so Stephen Davis I, for me. So I think... Um... This is this is a, a, a bold claim, but I think we possibly have a, <laughs> have a, a, a Stephen Davis replacement waiting in the wings, um, and Stephen Kelly. I think he could be the the man that comes in to, to replace Davis long term. I've seen a wee bit of him at Ross County and been reading a wee, reading a wee bit about him, especially what John Hughes has been saying. And it seems like he's very well thought of as being one of County's best players, albeit you know they're struggling, but seems like a born winner, someone that's. Uh, that really gives his gives his all for County at the moment. I think, given the profile of him, the way he plays, I think he could be a a long term replace, replacement for Davis. It'll be interesting to see if we keep Stephen Kelly next season, um, or send him out and loan again. But I think, you know, having watched a wee bit of him and seen seen what he's all about, I think, you know, he could be the one that steps in and fills that void when when Davis eventually retires. Just on the player of the year, um, we've got two, you know, you've got football writers and you've got the players player of the year and, and we've listed, I, I know, uh, I've touched upon this before, I would, I could not see past uh, Davis, Tavernier, Golson and McGregor myself. I think if anybody from any other club manages to get in the, on the short list, it is entirely for political reasons and nothing else. I think, I'll, I'll be absolutely honest, this is, the Rangers players and the Rangers squad have have dominated this season and been so good. I, I really do, I cannot think of anybody off the top of my head that you would actually say, this guy's got a chance of actually displacing any of those people for all reasons that we've given. 
So watch this space and see who actually ends up in the in the various shortlist. Oh, Scott, Scott Brown will win it, you know what I mean? Because there's all his pals will vote for him. Uh, Ro- Robbie, Robbie Nielsen will be on the manager of the year. Guaranteed. <laughs> 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 that's all because that's all because Ann Budges fired us in a couple of cases of <laughs> champagne each. <laughs> and I, th- I think Robbie Nielsen is a a fitting way to end uh, uh, this this week's show. <laughs> so uh, a big thanks to, to David and Stuart. Uh, great stuff from well, them as always. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a preview show out on Friday. Obviously, we don't know when the the, the Rangers Celtic game is next week. Uh, that's that's been reviewed at the moment. I suspect it will probably be the Sunday, but whenever it is, we'll we'll have a preview show out to cover that. And we'll be back next week uh, with the flagship show to look at how we got on in in, in that cup game. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself over to the Jers Night website and forums at www.jersnight.com co.uk easy for me to say uh, until next time guys stay safe and bye for now